This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 66, brought to you by Wicked Tree Gear. Today we're kicking off another DIY report mini-series and are joined by Ben Harshine of Whitetail Properties to talk about buying your first hunting property. So stay tuned. All right, all right. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day. Truth from the Stand Deer Hunting Podcast here to help you through another hump day. Bringing the DIY report today. Um, I know in the past we've covered everything from, um, you know, the different habitat updates you should be making, you know, by season with Jeff Sturgis. And we talked to the bow hunting fiend recently about some archery tips and technique to kind of help, you know, hopefully raise your raise your game up a little bit in terms of your, your shooting accuracy and consistency. And today we're going to shift gears a little bit and do something a little bit different. You know, I know for me, you know, especially when it hits this time of year and I start thinking about doing food plot work and stuff like that, I know I do a little bit of that, whether it's at my in-laws place or on my dad's property and stuff, but there's nothing quite like, I don't think, you know, owning your own piece of piece of property. And I certainly daydream about that. Um, and so I thought, you know, one of those things where it, it, it seems like it's a daunting task. It seems like it might be a little bit out of reach for, for, for many of us. Um, but it's really not. And so what I did was I reached out to a buddy of mine, um, Ben Harshine, who works with Whitetail Properties. And we started talking about, you know, some options, uh, you know, a process to help people kind of get to a place where they could possibly afford a piece of recreational land. So that's what this next DIY report miniseries is going to cover. It's uh, three parts. And Ben will be on to kind of walk us through all the different facets of buying your first uh, first property, everything from selecting your your agent to putting boots on the ground to you know looking at access um, to thinking about it from an investment perspective, you know not just you know the land itself, but is is there is there cash opportunity on that property from the moment that you buy it that can offset your your outlay of cash to purchase the property? So 
There's a lot of great information that Ben shares. We'll do it over the course of three parts. Um, and this first one, we're really going to kind of focus on the upfront of that. And um, that it's going to be really about finding and setting setting the stage and setting your goals for the for evaluating properties and, and finding your agent. But before we jump into all that, I do want to make mention of a couple things real quick. And I'm going to read some of this only because I want to make sure I get the information right. So... Be on the lookout on June 11th. It'll run June 11th through July 13th is the Big Wicked Summer Sweepstakes. And you might be asking, what the hell is the Big Wicked Summer Sweepstakes? Well, that is, in fact, a grand prize of a winner-take-all, winner-take-home, a free whitetail hunt with whitetail heaven. And that'll be the hunter's choice, whether that's Kentucky, Ohio, or Indiana. You also win Wicked Pulsaw, handsaw, a lone wolf tree stand, hunter safety system harness, a glacier cooler, and two acres of Tecamani seed. That is some package. So if, all you need to do to get involved uh, to possibly win this, it's really simple, especially with Father's Day coming up here. All you need to do is go to either the Wicked Tree Gear store or wickedtreegear.com, uh, glaciercoolers.com, or tecamani.com and make a purchase of either Wicked Glacier or Tecamani products on their website. Every order that you make will put you will will basically put you in your name in the hat each time you make uh, a purchase on the website. You can of course use the promo code Truth and save yourself a mon- some money on any one of those uh, on any one of those sites with any any one of those products. Every time you make a purchase, you're going to the running to possibly win uh, win this great prize. Um, I'll, of course, add some links to this in this uh, blog post show notes, and I'll be posting this on social media, too, so you can be on the lookout for that. And uh, just as a reminder, uh, this begins June 11th, and the sweepstake ends on July 13th, so be sure to get involved with this. Also want to make a quick reminder that Velvet Fest, uh, Exodus Outdoor Gear, is still running the Velvet Fest um, sweepstakes uh, and giveaway where all you need to be doing is tagging any of your photos uh, from now until I believe it runs about eight to ten weeks um, and tag any photos on Instagram and Facebook with hashtag Velvet Fest and that will put you in the, the weekly running and they're giving away some great prizes thousands of dollars of prizes you know each week adding up and culminating in a, a grand prize giveaway at, at week 10 so be sure to be tagging your images with hashtag Velvet Fest to get involved in that and with that I think we won't delay any longer. We'll go ahead and get Ben Harshine on the line, and we're going to talk a little whitetail properties and buying your first hunting property. All right, we are back. You're listening to another episode of the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast installment of the DIY Report. Today, we are talking with Ben Harshine of Hunterra Maps and more recently of Whitetail Properties. What's going on, Ben? Hey, Clint. How are you, man? Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, you bet, man. It's been a little while since we had a chance to talk. We haven't uh, we haven't licked our wounds together of the uh, Penguins' loss and the Steelers' demise <laughs> of their season. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The the Penguins uh, being in Iowa, I feel like I'm probably one of the only Penguins fans here. But yeah. uh, man, we just uh, couldn't couldn't make it happen. But I mean, then again, there's uh, to, to win three Stanley Cups in a row is uh, that that's, uh, literally impossible. So, right. uh, it, Hey, it's all, it's all good. Uh, I, selfishly, I, I don't want to see the caps win, but I would like to see, uh, I would like to see Ovechkin raise the cup. So I've yeah. been following. 
Yeah, I've following been, him hard here. Yeah, I've been following along a little bit. I'm torn because I'm kind of the same way. It's like I wouldn't mind seeing that guy raise the cup, but I'd also kind of like to see Flurry. You know, we got a we got a, one yeah, of the good good go. guys in goal. You know, so it makes it a little bit easier yeah. to to stomach. I I guess you could say. But uh, thanks for yeah, joining. I lived in D.C. That's yeah, right. Yeah, no, I I yeah, I lived in D.C. for for a good little while here. So I do have a little bit of little bit of rivalry that I've I've brought out here to Iowa. Nice, <laughs> nice. I like it. Um, so thanks for joining, man. For those uh, out there listening that haven't tuned into a DIY report before, you know what we like to do here. This is a little different than our longer form um, podcast that you've grown accustomed to. This, you know, our longer form ones are usually an hour to an hour and a half. These ones usually are about twenty minutes ish um, in, in length. And what we really try to do is take some ideas or concepts that might be larger concept concepts and break them into more digestible, manageable pieces that where hopefully you know, selfishly myself too, can kind of learn these simpler ideas that I can kind of build upon over, over time. And that's kind of the goal. And we've done a couple with habitat and, and uh, management and bow tuning. And I was selfishly kind of riding on the train, uh, commuting into work to Philadelphia the one day. And I started, you know, daydreaming as many of us do about owning a piece of property, a piece of hunting property. And when I started thinking about it, I was like, you know, I recently had bought a house. And so there's a lot of steps that kind of go into buying a property or a house. And so it was one of those things where I was like, you know what, I would really like to kind of better understand how to how to take this approach to get a piece of recreational property possibly. And I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there listening that probably daydream about the same types of things. And I just so happened to be fortunate enough to have a buddy who works in that in that line of work. And so Ben Harshine's name popped into my head to talk about, you know, going about buying a hunting property. And that's what we're going to do today is we're going to start to break this down into digestible pieces. And this is really section one. So We'll just kind of dive right into it, man. I know whenever I started looking for houses, you know, it can be a really, as I'd mentioned, a daunting task. You kind of don't know where to start. And I think the smartest thing that we did, you know, at least in, in that regard, was we we found our real estate agent first. Because the first house we had bought, we really kind of started going it alone very early on. And we got, I guess, a little bit overwhelmed with the process. Um, so I guess, could you talk to me a little bit about, you know, how to go about finding a real estate agent and what you should look for in that, in that person who's going to kind of help guide you toward the right property? Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the most important part of this entire process is, is finding the right agent that, that, uh, is going to be literally your, your partner in, in one of the biggest decisions, at least financial decisions in your life. So, uh, you, you certainly, if you're wanting to buy ground specifically in this podcast about hunting ground <clears throat> or a combination of hunting slash income producing land, uh, you, you want to start off by finding somebody in the area that, that is an expert in the area that you want to buy in. And when I say expert, I'm, I'm talking about a, a land specialist, somebody that does this full-time, lives and breathes in the form of acres, uh, specifically recreational ground or crop ground or uh, ground that, that you want to want to be able to take your kids on or put a camp on. That's the person you want to find is somebody that's in that market every day that can, that can navigate, uh, at least on the buying side especially, navigate what is a, a good purchase and, and what is uh, listings that are priced out of the market. So mm-hmm. you want to find that person that you're comfortable with. I would encourage you to, to interview multiple. Um, I'd like to think that we've got agents all over the country that, um, you know, are, are, are in that territory that, that you're wanting to buy in. But the, the, uh, the, the for number one, the very first step is for you and whoever you're 
is in, is invested in this purchase with you, whether it be a partner or spouse or whatnot. You you want to you want to meet that person and and get to know them and and, and interview them. You know, you want to be comfortable and, and, and establish uh, trust. You know, because it's a it's a big decision in, in your life. So um, you know, we don't take that lightly. But yeah, number one is finding somebody you're comfortable working with. Right, and I think it's important. You know, you mentioned trust. You know, that's the big big key, you know, that's the, that that person has your best interest in mind. And, you know, I know that there were several times that we walked away from a property on the recommendation of our real estate agent, even though we were interested, you know, um, they saw something that we didn't and were trying to lead us in, in the right, in the right place. And like, you need to have that trust. You can kind of give yourself in that process to that expert, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. There's going to be things that you flat out don't know, and you're going to rely on us to, to, help guide you on whether that's a sound decision for your circumstance or not. And it's our job. It's our duty uh, to, to take the high road, no matter the, no matter the grade, your interest is the number one interest in hand here, not our commission or anything like that. So um, yeah, you've got it. That's uh, that's step one is finding, finding the right person. Nice. I want to talk a little bit about, you mentioned land specialists and that might be something that maybe people are less familiar with when they're talking about buying property because it might be more specific to um, it might be more specific to recreational property. So can you, I guess, give me just like the cliff notes version on, you know, what a land specialist is and what that entails. Yeah, so a land specialist is, is, is that we specialize in land, at least in the real estate side, we are understanding uh, all, all things uh, that have to do with, primarily rural ground. I mean, I, there can be land specialists that, that specialize in commercial development land as well. But what I'm talking about is somebody that lives and breathes the timber, the cropland, uh, you know, the, the, the scenic valleys, the, 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 the countryside, and really um, has a strong grasp on not only um, what, the, what the local market is, what the price per acre is, uh, different forms of, of return on investment, how, how that property can, we'll get into this, but how, how that property can bring income back to you and help offset your mortgage, uh, being able to take you on a piece of ground and show you the, the pros and cons, uh, the unbiased pros and cons of, of those properties that, that you're visiting somebody that can really paint a picture of what, uh, what this land will give back to you. Uh, whether it's a sound investment or not, um, somebody that's not scared to to go out and preview properties on your behalf and walk through the briars and the brush and the and the humidity of the the middle of the summer on you know some of the, some of these swampy river bottoms and whatnot and get in the thick of it and really dial in to to, to uh, understand in each each piece of ground that they're either buying or selling. That that's that's what a land specialist does. Right, and I think that's important to kind of note, right? Because I think when people uh, consider buying you know property in general if they've if they've not bought land specifically before or recreational land hunting land farmland whatever the case might be you know we're not talking about your typical you know guy or gal who's working for century 21 that's there's a there's a time and a place for them you know but what we're what we're talking about specifically you need someone who who knows this area um and has a deep expertise in this specific kind of area of of real estate i think i'm sorry go ahead no, what I was going to say is when you find the right person, you know that they're gonna they're gonna be able to articulate soil mm-hmm. uh, soil values. We got like here in the Midwest, we've got 
CSR2 values, corn suitability rating, which is essentially a, a quantifiable uh, number, a way to quantify how, uh, how good, how fertile a piece of dirt is. So you've got anywhere from, from CSR30, which is uh, pretty rough stuff. It's probably highly erodible. Maybe it's old pasture that's compacted. Mm-hmm. It's just got uh, sandy soils uh, all the way to CSR90, which is some of the best dirt on the, on, on the planet that can really bring the high yields of, of our grain. And, and having somebody be able to articulate those types of, of numbers uh, or, or, or in, you know, in the South, you've got pine plantations that, that have a, a specific management plan that it's that will it needs to be managed a certain way and that, that'll bring a certain income in a certain amount of years you know um i, I guess i'm getting a little bit off topic but yeah the land specialists eat sleep and breathe all things land right you know i know i i think it's important to kind of mention those things because you know um if people out there listening that want to buy a piece of a recreational property it's like they may not consider being running a farm right but and we'll get to this later in this um, in, in this DIY report, but the other important piece is how much value can the property bring back to you in terms of an, an investment? And so how much of that land is tillable possibly that could you could lease to a farmer who's going to plant crops on it to bring money back to you? So those things I think are important for people to understand that it's not, um, there's a lot that can go into it, um, not to scare anybody off, but you know, if you want to make a sound investment, you know, if you find to, the, to this first point, if you find the right land specialist, the right agent to work with, you'll have your bases covered in that regard. Um, I guess the next, the next big thing, man, is I think this is, this is the part where a lot of people get a little nervous, I think is, you know, when you start to think about the cost of, of, of a property, um, you know, for me, you know, my wife and I are kind of nerdy with these types of things and we, we have Excel spreadsheets with our, (laughs) with our income and our revenue, our, our income and output. Right. And we kind of understood when we were starting to look at houses and so forth that, um, we kind of knew what our budget was, you know, we, we knew what we could spend. But for anyone out there that might be less familiar with that, how do you recommend if someone comes to you and says, hey, Ben, I'm looking to buy a piece of recreational property and, you know, I want to kind of understand how I should set my budget? You know, where do you kind of start with them? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, everybody's financial situation is certainly different. And and what I would say to start with is is just what you did. Get, Get with your spouse, get with your partner, maybe it's just yourself, and and list your the best way to do it is with month you know your monthly income and your monthly output that's how a lot of at least america works here in the form of salaries and bills and whatnot right. and determine okay this is this is the chunk of money that i can th- that i'm able to set aside for an investment mm-hmm. just like you would with a car i mean right Everybody, you know, everybody listening to this podcast most likely drives, and, and at one point or another, you determined you're going to buy a vehicle. Did you buy a, you know, a, were you able to afford a a six thousand dollar, you know, car, or were you able to afford that Mercedes or, or whatnot? So try to dial into what what you uh, what you can afford from a, a basic standpoint on a, on a month to month basis, and then the next step would be to go speak with with a lender. Say, you know, pop into couple different banks, meet with these lenders, interview them like you would just interview a, a, a land specialist. And, and uh, every bank is a little bit different. Um, uh, I really like these local, these local banks because they're super tied into the local land market and they're not as timid. Uh, they're a lot more savvy with, with being able to, to, to loan on 
especially recreational land, as opposed to the larger banks. I'm not saying don't go to the larger banks to, to do this, but don't be afraid to talk to your your local um, your, your local small banks and credit unions and, and say, you know, tell them, tell them your story that you'd like to buy, you know, you're interested in, in shopping around for some ground and uh, try to have a, try to have an understanding of um, what you're, what you're looking for to be, I guess, black and white. Um, you know, let's say that I, I want to go in and buy, a piece of nasty old overgrown cattle pasture that's not bringing any more income. I'm not putting cows on it anytime soon. It's going to be awesome hunting. There's no good trees to be able to take off of. We're never going to plan on it. It's a zero income piece of ground. Okay. Mm-hmm. That versus say a 50, 50 farm where you've got, you know, some pretty good hardwood ridges, but you've got a good bit of crop ground there too. Or maybe there's a, a CRP payment on that. And mm-hmm. I can explain that stuff later, but the, like, the form of if that property is bringing income then that's that lender is going to need to know okay this is kind of what we're what we're looking at that way they'll be able to help you determine you know run your credit scores and do all of that look into your financials and be able to help you determine what you can afford and and what you would be approved for aside from what you think you could afford what you actually are approved for so right. um that's really going to be a, a, a critical part of all of this is before you really start ripping around the countryside with one of one of us, uh, <laughs> you go go, in, go into the bank and, and really understand what you know what your down payments are going to look like. I mean, typically on recreational ground, what I'm seeing at least out here it, it is, uh, and I'm not speaking for for all banks across the country, but typically I'm seeing 20% is a pretty common form of down payment. So mm-hmm. if you're going to buy a, a hundred thousand dollar property, then you're going to need to put $20,000 cash down on that note b- mm-hmm. before, uh, you know, on, on closing day. Right. Um, now, uh, understanding principle and understanding interest that, you know, the basic, uh, the foundation of a loan principle is really what you're borrowing, but then there's always going to be interest on that typically. Right. Uh, and, and that interest rate is going to vary uh, with a lot of factors, uh, but you can shop around interest rates with different banks and uh, that interest rate is essentially the the cost for, you know, what that bank charges you for using their money to 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 purchase that that property. So the bank is a, a, a finding a, a good lender and one that you got a a relationship with or establishing a, a new relationship with is a critical part of all this. Right. I mean, you know, for the for the bank, you know, it, it's they're looking at you know what's the what's the risk associated with, 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 you know, the, the person that you're lending to with the property itself, you know, when you, when you mentioned it's not income, um, delivering and it's going to just be, you know, some, something someone wants to go hunt, you know, I'm sure they probably look at the, the value of the property differently based on what's possible with, with the property. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, you know, with in- interest rate, do you find that there's, is there, I'm just curious because it may not there may not be a difference, but is there a difference between the interest that you would get for a recreational property versus just buying like a or getting a, a mortgage for a, for a home? Have That's seen- a good question. Yeah, I, that, I I haven't seen a huge swing, honestly. Um, but uh, you know, again, it's it's going to come back to whether you got long term relationship, what your credit score is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it's. I'm certainly not an expert whenever it comes to the to the loan loaning side of this this world, but um, I did want to key before we jump off this topic, Clint. I wanted to talk a little bit about the original 
the original question you had here in this segment had to do with what you can afford. <clears throat> yeah. And, and um, it's important to know when you go on whitetailproperties.com or, or, or any, you know, uh, land watch or lands of America or wherever you're, you're Craigslist, where you see a, a, a listing for <clears throat> what the price is for a specific tract of ground. Um, uh, remember that most of the time, most of the time, there's going to be some negotiation in there, and that's not always going to be more times than not. That's not going to be the price it's going to take to buy that that piece of ground. Everybody's pricing strategy is different and, and whatnot, but that's one thing to consider. And, and another thing to consider is, okay, well, wow, I see. Typically, and this is just an example. Typically, I see hunting ground in, in southern Iowa go for oh twenty five hundred dollars an acre. And this this property up here. It is $3,500 an acre. Well, that could, you got to consider the income that that property is going to be bringing in for you on a, on a, on a yearly basis as well. And right. in the form of cash rent or CRP, you want to dive into, and, and the, the good listings will have the details of, of, you know, the, the fine financial details of that property, especially what the cash rent is or what the, the CRP payments are, uh, you could, you know, you, you could be getting a significant check every year in the form of, of that, which you could apply then towards your monthly payments. So, you know, we could go deep into examples, but there's uh, a lot of times land can help put money back in your pocket is what I'm trying to get at. And understanding that, understanding what that composition of ground looks like is, is really valuable to be able to determine what you can afford. Right. It's, it's, it's not a, uh, it's not a static thing, right? I guess might be one way to say it. it's like that number that yeah. you see is, yep. is, is the starting point. Um, the real number kind of lies in the details, whether it's the negotiation to come down on the price or whether it's what that property can provide back, you know, is to enable, able to offset the, the total cost of the property. I think that's important because I think mm -hmm. people see a, see a price and it's, they think that that's just out of their pocket entirely. Um, you know, that that's just what, what, yep. the, what the cost is versus all the, all the nuance. And there's a, and there's a lot of nuance because, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times, you know, invest the word investment. And I think that that's an important thing to remember that if you're, um, if you're, if you're approaching this a certain way, you can, you, well, I mean, any piece of land that you purchase is an investment, but if you look at it a certain way, it could even be more so an investment that, that starts to pay dividends back to you. Um, the one mm -hmm. thing I wanted to kind of hit on, man, it was, you know, do you have any tricks, I guess, uh, you know, or tips, and maybe we should call them, for saving for for a hunting property? You know, you see that price tag, whatever it is per acre, and you know you're going to buy 100 acres, and it's it's going to cost you 250 thousand dollars, or whatever the case might be. You know, do you have any kind of tips that you like to share with with folks when they just, when they first just kind of start dipping their toe in it and they're and they're really starting to consider looking for a piece of recreational ground or, or a piece of farmland or whatever the case might be? You know, how do you suggest people kind of start that that ball rolling to to build that nest egg? You got to start to, you got to really uh, be honest with yourself and look at what you're spending your money on and what what your income is, but what what you're spending your money on and what out of out of that we all I mean I'm I'm just as guilty you know hey man it's getting late for dinner let's just go out and get something to eat right. you know yeah um, so uh, being able to um, assess some of those parts in life that you're, you're spending your money on, um, that you could live without, you know, let's take that 
and, and actually jam it into a savings account in the form of a direct deposit mm-hmm. every month. Or, you know, that's maybe you've got, a, you know, maybe you make $3,000 a, a month and, and you, you know, you're dedicating a, a 1500 to your, your monthly bills and, and, and $500 to uh, your kids' school, edu- you know, education or whatnot or child care and, and you've got an extra thousand dollars and that's kind of, you know, I mean, maybe that goes towards a vacation or what, what I'm trying to say is, is, uh, pick some of those things that you can live without. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's ditching the, the Netflix, uh, monthly subscription, which is, people are probably laughing because that'd be pretty hard. There's a lot of good content on that. Right, right. But, <laughs> um, you, you know, but, but, uh, what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, you gotta, you gotta, if you really want it, you gotta, you, you can, you'll find a way. I mean, yep. humans are tough and, and uh, doing everything you can to really live a uh, uh, maybe a little more simplified life for a little while, yeah. uh, or or take it the other way. It, it, I mean, you can only save so much, but why not try to go find other ways where you can make some uh, make a couple more bucks on the side and get a second job, or mm. or go and, and do work some overtime, and and you'll do that for a handful of years. Next thing you know, bam, you got your down payment for a piece of ground that you think that you you would never be able to get and uh keep your eye on the market and in uh you know i don't want to get too far down a rabbit hole but there's ways that you can you, you can put more money and honestly i think a really big step is is if you have direct deposit literally change that direct deposit into a new account that you're not going to touch yeah and that's the easiest way to get some funds rolling in the right direction yeah, I think those are all really good tips. I think the biggest thing you hit on, man, is is true in a lot of things, is just prioritize. You know, if it's a priority, you will find a way to make it to make it happen. You know, it's just like it's just like the person who wants to go on a hunt on a western hunt and lives in Pennsylvania and dreamed about going on a western hunt. It's like the moment you make it a priority to get out west and hunt, you'll get out west and hunt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it's a similar type of thing. There's one thing that I do that I harp on and I, I use it to save for hunts. I use it to save for anything that I want. that's kind of extraneous, you know, or what my wife would consider extraneous. Maybe I don't, um, is, uh, this thing called digit. It's an app, right? It's all done through, or it's an app and it's all done through text messaging. And I have it set up that it runs an algorithm, you know, nerd talk here, runs an algorithm over my bank account for a 12 month cycle. It understands, can tell when I have influxes of money in terms of deposits and, uh, outfluxes of money in terms of debits. And it can kind of look at my my year and understands how my spending ebbs and flows. So it knows around the holidays it's a little higher. It maybe gets a lot lower in the spring and summer, you know. And then it maybe has a spike in like June or July when you take a vacation. It takes all that into consideration. It knows when all your bills go out because it understands you know net money going out versus coming in. And what it basically does is like every week it will take a certain amount of money out of my checking account and put it into a savings account that it knows that I won't feel based on my spending habits. And then at the end wow. of so long you know what i mean it's like then all of a sudden it's like you turn around it's like man i got two grand sitting there to go do a hunt or whatever i use that and then you know and i just don't touch it and then i end up using it for things like taking a hunting trip or you know recently i use it to put new insulation to my house or whatever you know it's just kind of like this this pool that just continues to grow and then i check it whenever i'm like you know what i'd really like to do this and it's a little bit more money than i usually like to shell out i check that and see how much i have and 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 can i do it or not so that's a really easy way. But I, what you said with a direct deposit is is like the foolproof plan is just take a set of money based on your budget and put it aside. Um, this is kind of my janky way of doing it because it, I kind of fool myself and then not thinking I have any money and then I do. <laughs> so it's, a nice, it's, it's couch cushion money, I like to call it. But 
You know, and, and just from a practicality standpoint, and some, some of the listeners may, may get a kick out of this, but I mean, if, if we're talking, you know, real life scenarios here, if you really want, let's say you got to put, you know, you need, you need another 10 or $15,000 and then you can get there or, or whatnot. I mean, right. look outside in the driveway or look at the garage. Are you driving a vehicle that's, are you driving a vehicle that's, you know, nicer than what you need? If you really want a piece of ground, why not sell that nice, I mean, sell that jacked up rig and, and get something that's a little more practical that's still going to get you to your new hunting farm. You know, I mean, this is real world scenarios here. And it, I mean, I'm not telling people to do that, but there's ways to do it. You get creative and you can, you can do it. Right. So. Yeah. The last thing that I want to ask in this first part, and I think this is an, an important part and might be slightly overlooked is, you know, the pros and cons of bringing in a hunt, uh, I almost said a hunting partner. They might be your hunting partner. Pros and cons of bringing in a partner. Let's, let's exclude like our, our, uh, spouses, our better halves and just consider that, mm-hmm. you know, you know, our, my family, my wife and I, she says, yes, you can buy a hunting farm. And I'm going, I don't think I can afford it on my own. You know, I should see, and then maybe, you know, maybe you or Utah, for example, you know, John, Utah is like, Hey, yeah, let's go in on a farm together, you know, in, in whatever state. Um, you know, I guess give me, give me a few things that kind of, that are pros and cons for partnering with someone to, for people to kind of watch out for, because I don't know that all partners are necessarily created equal in every facet of life per se. The most important part of a partnership is that you trust each other. Uh, hands down owning land together, owning ent- any entity, uh, let alone, uh, land, a piece of ground that most like you're, you're both hunting on and you, you're putting sweat equity into, uh, you're going to be emotionally attached to that guaranteed will test your guy, each other's trust and honesty mm-hmm. guaranteed. And, and that is the most important part of all this. And I'm not trying to scare people away from partnerships at all. There, there are thousands of phenomenal partnerships and friendships that have grown into brotherhood, sisterhood because of partnerships. So, uh, Number one is that you got to align with somebody that has similar goals with, with what you want to do. Maybe you just want to get one piece of ground and, and uh, that's your, because you're tired of losing property that you've been hunting on and, and you only go out maybe a couple times a year and you can't quite afford that, that uh, 60 acres. But if you've got somebody else in there and, and, and you're content with that and that's all you want for, for the rest of your life, and as long as they're on the same page, that's going to work out well. On the other hand, you might have guys that are trying to climb the ladder and buy buy a farm, put a bunch of work into it, turn it around, make a profit, buy a larger chunk of ground, and really climb the ladder. Find that person that's going to align with what your goals are. And the fact is, life always changes. So leading into the next step is is you really, both of you have to, uh, or the three of you or however many, go into, uh, speak with an attorney and really discuss how that entity needs to be organized because two people just going in, going in and, and, and put, getting their names on a deed is, is a dangerous thing. <laughs> There's a lot of things in life that happen with death and divorce and, and, and income and missed payments and inheritance and you name it, it's something will come up. So having an attorney help you navigate the, the way to organize that, um, ownership is going to really help you. And it's, that's going to establish a lot of those things I just, I just talked about. That's going to establish ahead of time, uh, what, uh, what happens. 
what happens if this, what happens if that, what if one person wants to sell their share and move on to the next? Uh, so speaking with an attorney, getting somebody that you can trust. Okay. Let's talk about the pros and cons. And, uh, you know, the, the biggest pro is that you can acquire more than what you could on your own. Uh, right. Utah and I go in together and instead of both buying, uh, 80 acres, we can go in and buy 160 or maybe he's our, my sugar daddy and I can buy four, afford 40 and he can, <laughs> he can afford 120 and, and we can, you know, however you want to cut it up. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, being able to acquire more than what you could on your own is a huge plus. You also get, again, and if it's Utah, I know this will happen. We're going to get twice the amount of work done. Okay. Right. Um, we're, we're going to be able to go in and get twice the amount of projects done. We're going to, we're going to, uh, buy the, by doing so we're buying time as well. Um, so that can be really advantageous for not only getting a lot accomplished, but if somebody, if a couple guys are looking to, to get into that groove of buying and selling, buying and selling, the fact that you've got four hands there as opposed to two is a, is really beneficial. Um, and then lastly, the intangible benefits, uh, I would say it's a hell of a lot more fun, uh, going and, and planting a food plot and, and hunting together as opposed to doing it all on your own and, and being a, a loner out there. Heard that. Um, so yeah. you, you can, you can really solidify some in, incredible friendships and, 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 and like I said, a, a brotherhood, uh, whenever you go in and buy a piece of ground together. And that's, that's awesome. I mean, uh, that is an, an, an intangible, huge, um, uh, benefit of, of, of having a partner on a piece of ground, but, obviously there's going to be some cons as well. So like I said, you've got to trust them and, and what happens whenever, and I talked about, you know, divorce or death or mispayments or inheritance or, or, or whatnot. I mean, you've got to be able to address those situations uh, whenever life confronts you with those. So that's the largest con. It's, it's easier when it's just yourself. You're probably not going to be able to buy as much. Well, you're not going to be able to, to buy as much ground you probably won't get as much accomplished but it's yourself and it's more you're more simple you're driving the ship um that's the biggest con is whenever other people are involved uh and it's really not speaking with some of these other veterans and the guys i learned from uh, some of my mentors they and i've asked them about this and and um they said a lot of times it's really not the partners per se where, where they're locking horns that it's, it's the other people that are involved in those partners lives, you know? Right. So, um, that, that's, you know, that, that's something that you just have to be willing to, to take on whenever you get into a partnership. Nice. I think the, uh, the biggest takeaway from section number one is that Utah might be a sugar daddy. I think that was the big, the big <laughs> takeaway. And I like, I like a how really he's really good chance that he is. And with those pythons, is, he's getting four times the amount of work done. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Uh, man. Well, I think that's a good place to, to wrap this section one, brother. I, I appreciate you coming on and, and doing this and looking forward to section two. Thanks, Clint. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. Thanks for joining us. And thanks to Ben for coming on the show. Be sure to head over to whitetail properties and check out all the land that's available in your area and start, uh, Start making your plan. Uh, be sure to uh, drop Ben a line on Instagram or Facebook if you have any questions. I'm sure he'd be happy to answer them or point you in the right direction where you might be able to find some answers. I'll, of course, uh, post all the places and ways you can get a hold of Ben in the blog post show notes for this podcast. If you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. 
we'd be super appreciative if you would do that for us. And before we shut this thing down, we need to give a big shout out to our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible. Wicked Tree Gear, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Trophy Ridge, Ozonics, Obsession Bows, Tecamani Seed, Glacier Coolers, Ramcat Broadheads, and Trophy Taker Rests. And until next time, we'll see y'all. Long time coming if it's all It takes a special knowing to call a fall Damaged heads, broken letters Nationalize yourself in numbers But I gotta get away from here All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long-sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do-hard-shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro-dosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear.